What up, squad? It's your boy, Dr. Peyton Vickers. I'm a licensed chiropractor in the great state of Texas. I specialize in rehabilitation and performance enhancement. I talk all things biomechanics, fitness, health, mindset, and overall wellness. I believe that life is a sport and that if you have a body, you're an athlete. So grab your whiskey, grab your wine. This is the Whiskey, Wine, and Spine Podcast. Cheers, y'all. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Whiskey, Wine, and Spine. My name is Dr. Peyton Vickers, and today we're going to be talking about uh, just the hospital extravaganza that I had to go through. Um, you know, and I, the reason why I wanted to do this is, well, we'll start here. First and foremost, I just want to thank y'all so much for all the support, all the love. It's been amazing, and I'm still responding back to many of y'all, so trust me when I say that I have seen your messages and I do appreciate it. I'm on my way to send a response. So I do really appreciate that. Um, it was unbelievably overwhelming. Um, I knew that I was going to have support in this. But if I'm being honest, I, I didn't know it was going to be that, uh, well, extravagant at the end of the day. So I, I just really, really appreciate it. It does help way more than you think. Because um, it was it was a rough week. It was a very rough week. Um, secondly, I just want to say that I appreciate y'all's patience with the content, podcasts, um, everything on Instagram. Um, it's been tough having the mental clarity and energy to give y'all material that y'all deserve. But I'm here now, and we're gonna dive right in, right on into this shit because um, it's 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 a doozy. It's a doozy. So I decided I wanted to do this episode just to explain what was going on with me, and the reason why I wanted to do that was because of how many of y'all said you appreciated my transparency. Through their whole process. I mean, I quite literally documented the entire week on Instagram. Now, let me be very clear here when I, when I say this. This episode is not to say, look what I did. I'm so transparent. Look at me. This isn't really about me. I'm just explaining what happened during that week. This episode is here to, well, I mean, for, for educational purposes, I guess, for the most part. Um, and most of the people that were thanking me for my transparency, had uh, what we call like a silent or an invisible illness. <clears throat> and I'm just here to tell those people that you're not alone. And I wanted to educate people who don't have illnesses, um, you know, what it's like, what this means, what it feels like. Um, it can be a lot mentally, physically, obviously physically, but mentally it, it's, it is very, very tough because sometimes we just don't look we just don't look sick. We look perfectly fine. Um, and so it, it becomes difficult, right? So what I have is uh, you know, probably one of the rarest lymphatic disorders on planet Earth. And in fact, they almost named it after me. They've done a ton of research on the whole thing. Um, but what I have is not necessarily – what I have isn't necessarily the most um, rarest of things, but it's more of its like location. So – Parts of my lymphatic system are rupturing, and we just don't know why. We're not exactly sure why all of this is happening. Um, now, the lymphatic system is there to do a lot of really cool bodily functions. Y'all can Google that. I'm not really going to dive into that whole thing. But um, where it's happening is very, very important to understand. So it's important for people to know that this is not something that's fatal. I, I really, you know, you can't die from something like this. It just causes... Um, an unbelievable amount of pain. Um, 
and exhaustion, inflammation, it causes a lot of, it's a domino effect for the most part. It by itself really isn't necessarily like the biggest deal in the world, but what it causes is, uh, it can, it can really cause some issues, especially like mentally. Um, so part of my lymphatic system is ballooning or expanding. So I usually tell people it's the analogy of, of a water balloon, if you will. And, um, you know, what's, what's important about it is it expands around an area where there's like a bundle of nerves essentially. So the bundle of nerves is called a superior ganglion and the superior ganglion is really important because it's, um, it is right next to, well, gosh, it's right next to everything. To be honest, it. But what what's important is is really to to understand that nerves are extremely and unbelievably sensitive. Um, so th- it really doesn't take much to piss one of them off, and they cause a lot of issues once you press on them. That's why disc herniations are so ridiculous, right? Because disc herniations aren't like, the, they're not like, honestly, they're really not like the worst thing in the world, but they cause a ton of pain. They cause a ton of issues. So it's the same thing. This gets this area of mine, my lymphatic disorder, it gets big enough to where it presses on the superior ganglion, that bundle of nerves. Now this is, we've done a few uh, procedures and one of them that we did was the same thing that people with pancreatic cancer get because it's around the pancreas, right? So the pan- people who get pancreatic cancer, sometimes the head will expand because of that. And whenever it expands, it gets big enough to where it starts pressing on that nerve. So what a lot of doctors do is they do like a nerve ablation or a nerve block. So they literally, what they did with me, this was years ago, but they, we were kind of at a loss. There there wasn't anything. I mean, again, this is one of the rarest lymphatic disorders on planet earth, right? So, um, it's, there wasn't like a protocol to this. So we were just kind of shooting in the dark, but at this point I was desperate. Um, and again, to give you some preface here, like I've been dealing with this for years and before we found a, even a surgery that would work around 12 years of just back and forth, bouncing around to doctors and doctors. I've, I've seen, I've seen a lot of doctors, um, been tossed around like a rag doll, just kind of anywhere because it just wasn't anyone's specialty. So we found, uh, we found somebody in temple who was an interventional radiologist, um, in just a shout out to radiologists. I feel like radiologists are just unsung heroes. So shout out to them because they don't get a lot of credit, but without them, we would be in a lot of trouble. So what they did is they did a nerve block. They did the same thing that they do with uh, people with pancreatic cancer because of the pain. They literally just go into your spine, um, with a needle, pretty long needle through the back. And they, uh, they find the, what was called the dorsal root ganglion, um, which is just part of the nerve root that's actually coming out of the spine, and they ablate it, they kill it. Now, the reason why they want to do that is because they're trying to decrease the sensor, they're trying to get rid of the sensory potentially. Um, and that one nerve is it is in it kind of controls the area that I was in pain. So, in theory, you block the nerve, you can't feel it, like literally, it was still occurring but they were trying to get rid of the symptoms and then move on to the next thing. So let me be clear about this. This was not necessarily the cure. They were just trying to find relief. So they tried it and it worked and also like did not work at the same time. So it's created a bunch of havoc. The actual surgery created a bunch of havoc um, because it gave me so much numbness that I really couldn't feel from like my, the left side of my chest down all the way around. It created, it created a ton of numbness 
Um, then that numbness eventually turned into allodynia. Now, allodynia is, I'll put it this way, like if I walk up to you and I just rub my finger across your skin, it would feel like a knife. So this sucked because it was all over. It was all over myself or all over the left side of like my torso, if you will. So every time I put a shirt on or anything like that, it just felt, um, my whole side would spasm. It felt like there was a knife there. So they tried to do that. Um, I still have issues with the muscles around that area because they were trying to only hit the nerves that dealt with sensory, but they ended up going too deep and they actually hit some motor. So I do have some issues in my core. Um, and I can actually show people there is atrophy in those muscles where that nerve is supposed to go. So like my six pack is like a five pack right now because like you just can't see it. It's just not even there. So it's kind of weird. Um, so that's always fun. But now, so then we found um, another interventional radiologist. Now, this is very important for people to understand because you can't, I told, I told many doctors that you're not going to be able to see it unless I'm in pain. And so many doctors, not saying that all doctors are bad, but there is a protocol and most doctors like to stick to that protocol. There is good reason for that because most protocols do work, but this is one of those situations where they, if they stick to the protocol, this is not going to work out. So they, they always told me like, no, you know, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. So every time here's the issue here, here's the biggest issue. And here's why I thought that I have to eat bad food to create the pain because remember the pain is created whenever the lymphatic system is expanding. So it's big enough to where it's actually pressing on those nerves. So every time that I got a CT scan, MRI, you name it, every test under the sun, what do they say? Don't or don't eat anything like six hours before or 12 hours before. So after midnight, what do they say? You can't eat or drink anything after midnight, blah, blah, blah. So by that time, I wasn't in pain. And so everything came back clean. So because of that, I, I've had doctors tell me to go see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist, because they thought the pain was all in my head. And, and it becomes this issue because like then you start questioning are they right, right? Because pain is created in the head eventually or at some point in time or actually, well, <laughs> all the time, but you get my point. It could have been in my head. And after years and years and years of not finding a cure, you start to listen. And so you kind of start thinking, am I even insane? Like, am I crazy because of this? So it was, it was tough at that point in time. But finally I found a doctor who, uh, he was a gas, she was a gastroenterologist and you know, she was like, no, I don't think, I don't think that this is, I don't think you're just some dude with a, with a tummy ache, right? So I don't think you're a dude with a tummy ache, which most doctors thought I was just some young kid with a tummy ache. Um, so she listened and I was, and I told her like, I don't think people are going to find it unless I do a CT scan when I'm in pain. And she was like, okay. So she wrote a, she literally wrote a script for the next time that I was going to be in the hospital because I was going once, two, three times a month at that point in time. So I was, it was inevitable. I was going to go into, uh, the emergency room at some point in time very soon. So next time I went, I went and told them the script. They're like, no, I don't believe it. So they ended up not doing the CT scan while I was in pain. That sucked. So next time it happened, we went to the hospital that that doctor worked at. That way we could be like, listen, this is Dr. So-and-so. She is the head of gastroenterology at this hospital. If you do not do this CT scan, we are going to tell her and she's going to be pissed. Um, so we went there and we told the ER doc, like, here's a script. And she, he was like, oh, okay, we're not going to find anything, but I'll do it. 
came back. They thought I had lymphoma. That's how much inflammation was in my lymphatic system. They thought I had lymphoma at that point in time. So I got hospitalized. This whole shindig happened. Okay. Um, and uh, so we went and we were hospitalized. I got tested for everything that I thought I had a super rare and newly found um, autoimmune disease and didn't have that. Didn't have lymphoma. Thank God didn't have any cancer. But again, this is why it shows like no one knew what was going on. So that's essentially what's going on now. Like I said before, what we had to do was at that point in time, we now knew we had documentation that I have to be in pain for it to show on CT scan on MRI as well, but on CT scan, they can see it as well. So, um, so now we found another interventional radiologist and pretty much he's like, okay, yep, I have a plan. What we're going to do is we're going to kink the hose. So, I could go into the anatomy of this, but I'm really not going to because it's really difficult because y'all can't see me. <laughs> so, again, we're going to go back to the water balloon analogy. It gets big enough that it presses on the nerve. So, the idea is let's make sure that it does not get any water. Let's make sure the balloon doesn't get any water so it doesn't expand enough. So, first, I have to eat food that puts me in pain because once it's in pain, it's big enough. But all the stars have to align because if it does get big enough, we're at the border, the absolute edge of it rupturing. So the first time I got this done, like actually two years ago, first time I got this done, it was rupturing while I was in the hospital. So they saw it after the CT scan. Um, so essentially I, I eat bad food. I go to sleep. We wake up 7 a.m. in the morning. We go get a CT scan. We hope and pray that they see it. He saw it, but he was like, okay, it's rupturing right now because he could see lymph in my abdomen. So he knew it was rupturing right then and there. So he had to move fast because if it ruptures, again, water balloon, what happens when you pop the water balloon? It gets flat. So you can't see it on CT scan. So he has this long needle. He, um, of course, he sedates me. I can't go under general anesthesia, but he does sedate me. And um, so he goes through my ribs and then in around my aorta around my spine and then punctures this thing and then essentially what he literally does is he puts glue in it he just put glue in there because he was blocking it now let me be clear the lymphatic system isn't as vulnerable i guess we'll call it as like arteries and veins right because if anyone everyone says like you know if you clog an artery or something like that that's bad news which is true most of them so um or at least veins. Veins is probably the bigger one. But anyways, so it's not as vulnerable. So like if you block the lymph system, it really doesn't cause anything bad. I was a little bit worried about like lymphedema and stuff like that, but it did not occur, which is great. So so he clogged it. And what was funny is it didn't work for like two months. So I was like, God. So he was like, no, we're going to do it again. So then we try it. And I promise you that week, no matter what I did, it did not show up. So... It was kind of ironic, you know, God has humor, but it was kind of ironic because we were supposed to, like, it didn't work. And then literally that day, because I had pain the day before. And then that day, whenever we showed up, we went every single day that week and it did not show up whatsoever. I was cured. It was the weirdest thing in the world. Now, speed up to, to recently, you know, the pain came back. It was identical. There was no way, shape or form that it was anything else. So we, um, so we went in and, um, talked to the doctors and we were going to do it all over again. So we did. And now what we have to do 
is we have to schedule myself for a CT scan every single day for a week straight. That's why I was in the hospital so much. Because if we go on Monday and they can't see it, then I eat more and then hopefully Tuesday it shows up. Or hopefully Wednesday, hopefully Thursday. So we have multiple shots in a row to try to get this. If it ruptures, we're kind of screwed. So that's essentially what happened. It ruptured on Monday, ruptured on Tuesday, ruptured on Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, no matter what I did, it did not show up. Um, so we got to try again. And my doctor is, what he wants me to do is he actually wants to hospitalize me. So we're going to be in the hospital for like two days straight. And we're going to scan about every two to three hours. We are worried about the radiation right now and like how much radiation is going into my system. But it's, you know, it's the lesser of two evils at this point. So that's the next plan. Um, so hopefully all that makes sense. You know, again, I just wanted to come in here and just kind of explain everything that was that was going on. Um, all the stars do have to align. All your thoughts, all your prayers, everything that's been coming my way has really been, um, it's been awesome. And it, and it, and it has worked. Um, the pain is still around. Um, so we're just going to, we're going to keep on keeping on. I am on certain amounts of medicine that do help, but they do make me very uh, dizzy and all kinds of bad stuff. So I try not to use them. Um, but inevitably I do. So I really do appreciate, we're going to, we're going to move on to, to educating people because I really do want people to understand, um, what's going on because I got a ton, again, I got a ton of people that were, that were reaching out and, and talking to me and, um, and sending out prayers, positive vibes, asking questions, all kinds of things. Um, some of y'all did better than others. I will admit, um, some of y'all, man, ugh. Y'all could have responded so much better. I do appreciate your intention, but some of y'all need to work on how you talk to people. It is insane. Now, I really do appreciate all the suggestions, but I've been through them all. So I've had people tell me, you know, like, have you ever thought about it's just anxiety? It's just stress. Yes, I've thought about that. Have you ever thought about um, acid reflux? Yes. Have you ever thought about like uh, ulcers in your, in your stomach. Yeah, dude. Have you ever thought about like, maybe, maybe you're just like constipated or something like y'all need to stop whenever something like that comes up because it, this is, this is something I'll dig into this in a second, but I am going to get a little passionate because again, I do appreciate it, but like some of the stuff is just not wanted and it's, and it's, and it, and it makes things worse. I've had this illness for a very long time. I've been to a ton of doctors. And honestly, sometimes it's just best to give your support. It's just best to be like, hey, man, uh, love you to death. I'm here for you. Let me know if you need anything. Um, I'll be watching closely. I appreciate your transparency. Like Stuff like that really helps um, because that's really what I'm trying to do. But I've had people reach out and say things like, why don't they just do exploratory surgery? I just don't understand. Like, Why don't they just look? Why don't they just cut you open and look inside? Like, Are you kidding me? That's not how this works. You can't just open me up and like look inside. I mean, that that is an insanely, insanely invasive surgery. And on top of that, they've done it. They've actually done that before. I've been through a billion different surgeries, a billion different doctors, gotten every test under the sun. I've gotten to, I've done a bunch of different procedures. I've done all kinds of different things. So it becomes kind of a headache when people like random people who is like, this dude's an engineer or this girl over here is a teacher. And they come in and be like, Oh, have you, know, have you thought about taking like more vitamin C? 
dude, <laughs> I appreciate what you're doing. I really do. But, and I'm sure that you have a story, you know, your uncle had Alzheimer's or something like that. And they took an ungodly amount of vitamin C and now their Alzheimer's are cured or something or their cancer is cured or something like that. And I do appreciate that. I really do. But sometimes you just need to shut up. Sometimes you just need to support people period in the story. So, um, but yeah, that's an, that's an insanely invasive surgery because there's a difference between a laparoscopy and a laparotomy. So they did scope me. They did put a scope in my abdomen to kind of look around and guess what? They didn't find anything. So, and then people are like, well, if, if they, if they did the, uh, laparoscopy, they didn't find anything. Why don't they just do a laparotomy for people who don't know what a laparotomy is? They will literally cut you from the sternum down to your belly button, if not more, and just kind of literally open you up. And, uh, that's not good because they're probably not going to find anything. Because, again, it's a lymphatic disorder. They're not looking for a tumor. And uh, also, that's insanely invasive in the recovery. I mean, I literally can't lift anything. I can't walk. I can't really do anything for like a month. It's an insanely invasive surgery. So, again, I appreciate the intentions, but no, not going to do that. I'm really not trying to mock y'all. Again, your intentions are pure. It's just not that simple. This is something, this is something that I call like spectator syndrome where the spectator who's like an engineer or works in energy trading or is a tent teacher or a principal or something like that. Um, and they, they just, they say something, you know, how dumb, oh, that, that, the coach is, oh, the, the coach is so dumb for calling that play. I never would have done that. Yeah, no shit. You never would have done that. You're not an NFL coach. Every NFL coach, Every single one of them is a better play caller than you are because they're in that position. Now, I get where you're coming from, but it's just so easy as a spectator to be like, I just don't understand. I don't understand why they do it that way. I don't understand why they just don't do this. Why don't they just don't do this? Why don't they do that? I can't believe that they're giving you that type of medicine. That's terrible. Like, I don't, I really don't need those suggestions right now. And a lot of us really don't, especially people with this, like, with these, um, with these invisible or silent, sorry, with these invisible or silent, um, illnesses. Cause like we've been to everyone. We've been to all kinds of different people. I've been to therapists. I've been to nutritionists. I've been to dietary or registered dietitians. I've been to, um, I've been to all kinds of different sur- uh, surgeons. I've seen all kinds of different doctors. Um, I've been to like spiritual healers before. I've done everything under the sun. And it's just so easy for us as spectators to like tell them, you know, to to talk about how dumb the coaches are. Like they're there for a reason. Like you're an engineer, dude. You're a teacher. You're a principal. You're an energy. Like you just need, sometimes you just need to shut up. Now, same goes for most doctors. Whenever people say, I just don't understand why they don't just open you up and look around Like, what? Like, what are you even talking about? I'm not a turkey. And you can't just cut into me to see, like, what type of stuffing is inside. That's not how, it's not that easy. There is a protocol when it comes to medicine, and it is unbelievably and ridiculously strict for a very good reason. It has to be that way. You can't just walk in there and be like, oh, yeah, no, we'll just cut you open. You can't do that. This is not how this works. So I do appreciate that. Um, but sometimes the support and the motivation 
the love. Those are things that we need. Like, let me know if you need anything. If you want to talk, let me know. Some people were like, hey, man, I've been through something like this before. We tried different interventions. If you ever want to talk about those things, hit me up. I'm like, bet. Appreciate it. But I don't need to be force-fed certain things, I guess. And again, I do appreciate the intentions. I'm not saying that y'all are idiots. I'm not saying that y'all, that I don't appreciate it, because I really do. I just, sometimes we don't need those types of things. And in this, this, this next part, I'm going to try not to get angry, but like, I have such an issue with comments like these. I really do. And again, I do understand that your intentions are good and pure. But for people that reach out and and, are, and they try to speak this optimism, this annoying, annoying optimism, and they say things like, well, at least, you know, it could be worse. It could be worse. You know, it could be cancer. Again, well, at least it's not cancer. That belittles what I'm going through. That means that what I'm going through isn't big enough for you to reach out and be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Let me know what I can do to help you. Like, it, it's an annoying, annoying optimism. So, I, 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 I understand when people are trying to be optimistic and positive. But honestly, I don't know if y'all seen Ted Lasso. But it's hilarious, and it's one of the best shows out there, so please go watch it. But if you do, he even speaks it. He says like how his wife is annoyed of his optimism, and there's a reason for that. Optimism and, and just being constantly positive all of the time can be unbelievably annoying and honestly unrealistic. So you can't say those things to people like us. You can't reach out and, and say, at least it's not cancer. It could be worse. You know, just read, read this book. It'll enlighten you. It'll, you know, do things. It's, it, it just, it makes us feel so small. It makes us feel like, what? like, seriously, like I'm not, my, my house burning on fire isn't good enough for you. You're going to come over here and preach to me that it could be worse. I could be a starving kid in Africa. That's, that's what you're going to tell me right now. Like those at least it's not cancer, those like, it could be worse types of comments are always going to be unwanted. That you cannot just force feed us that stuff. It just doesn't work. And honestly, it's, I I can't appreciate it. I I appreciate the intentions behind it. But the comments themselves, man, they, they do not help at all. But the main thing here is, I know that there's a lot about a lot of y'all that have these invisible or these silent illnesses where people just don't know what's going on. Um, people don't try hard enough to find a cure, or um, people are are maybe the doctors don't understand what's going on. Like in my situation, you tried a billion different things and they don't work. Um, it's tough, man. And I want you all to understand that you're not alone. If anyone wants to reach out and speak to me, if y'all have any issues like this. Um, that's, I would love to talk to y'all and just be there and just create like a core group uh, of us that we can just kind of support each other because it's very difficult, man. Like people don't understand. People will never, ever, ever be able to understand what we're going through unless you are going through it, then you will understand. So it's very difficult for people to be there for you if they haven't been in your shoes or haven't, or have, haven't dealt with something like this before. So If you ever have anything like this going on, you're not alone. I would love to speak to you. Just reach out. 
um, anybody else who is just, I don't, you know, asking me like, you know, I know someone who's in this position and I just don't know how to support them. I'm going to be honest with you. And this is going to be pretty blunt. You're going to be pretty limited and that's okay. And that's the real, that's the real thing here because my family, um, you know, my brother, my, my mom, my dad, my cousins, my uncles, my aunts, um, and then Kelsey, who was, you know, the, my, my right hand man through the, through the entire week. I mean, she was, she was the one in the hospital. My parents came and picked me up every single morning and drove me. Um, and I love them to death and I love Kelsey to death. And like, without them, I wouldn't, I would be in a very dark spot. Um, you know, but it's, it, it it's, it's tough. It is very tough because they'll, they just don't know what to do. And, and the thing that I tell them, and, and you'll need to hear this so that you, this is the best way that you can understand. You can't do anything. That's what sucks. That's, that's the really, that, that's where this becomes very, very dark. Because if you can't do anything, what do you do? You ask us a billion and a half times. Are you okay? 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 Do you need anything? Do you need anything? Do you need anything? Do you need anything? You just kind of keep asking those things. And, you know, eventually my answer is you can't do anything. There's nothing that you can do right now. And I'm not trying to be be like upset and, and bring this uh, podcast episode down. But I just I really want you all to understand, like, the best way to be there for us is to just be there. Just be just hold us, you know, just like pat our backs, scratch our backs, you know, just, just be supportive, um, and, and just be there, you know, that, that's really it. And that's okay. That is okay. Because at the end of the day, some of the best surgeons in the world weren't able to figure this out. Some of the most brilliant minds in the medical center inside of Houston, which is one of the biggest medical hubs in the world, couldn't figure this out. So it's important for us to understand our roles in situations like this. Our number one role, if you need to be there for someone in a situation like this, is to just understand, be there, listen, and don't be over, don't be over positive, be realist, be a realist. Don't just always talk about, you know, don't just always uh, speak positivity in the world and, and things like that. And prayer is always welcome, you know, giving suggestions and stuff like that is always going to be welcome. But at the end of the day, like we're tired, man, like mentally we're exhausted. Understand whenever we get annoyed, understand whenever we get frustrated, understand whenever we, we get angry or sad or something like that. Just understand and be there. That's all you can do. So that's it. I appreciate y'all so much. If y'all need anything, please, please reach out. Um, I'm going to continue to be transparent about stuff like this. And, um, yeah, I know that this episode is a little, is a little different than what I, that I typically talk about. It's usually health, wellness, fitness, mindset, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I think this kind of encompasses the mindset thing, the, the mental clarity in situations like this, because it, it can be a metaphor for so many different things. So I'll see you all next time. Peace. appreciate y'all so much for listening. Do me a favor. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media and leave a five-star rating and review. To catch all the latest from me or if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, find me on Instagram at Dr. Pivik. That's D-R period P-V-I-C-K. Thanks again. And remember, 
Dysfunction is the prerequisite to pain. Weak things break. Consistency is king. See y'all next time.